My guest is Nicole Phillips. The book is called The Negativity Remedy. And Nicole, we've arrived at uh, topic number seven, when kindness isn't about you. What does that mean? Mm, Well, I have a friend who um, is bipolar and um, suicidal. And so she really taught me that sometimes when she calls to offer to take my kids or, you know, bring me a gallon of milk, it really has nothing to do with uh, me, but it has everything to do with her and wanting to reroute her own bad day, get out of her mind, kind of flip the switch. It's, it's something she uses to help herself. And so sometimes when people offer to help us with something, you know, we often think no, because we don't want to have to repay them or owe them a favor or send them a thank you note. But really, uh, truly, if uh, we are living in this realm, this mind space of kindness, we need to say yes to people who are offering kindness to us because it allows them the joy of being kind. Uh, Let's move to this topic. Being kind in your home and other places where people annoy you. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to say the people in my home sometimes annoy me, but I'll tell you what. uh, If you look at my mudroom, I either have 428 kids or they each have like, you know, 17 feet uh, and pairs of shoes. So... What that means is we can expect uh, our house to go in a certain way, and we can expect people to fall in line and treat us a certain way, but they won't always. And so we need to find a way to get our own mind past that. And so for me, when I think of, like, walking in my house and tripping on my shoes uh, of, the, of the children that were all supposed to be put, in a way, put away, um, I can look at those shoes, and I can either trip and then yell Everybody get in here, pick up your shoes, or I can trip over the shoes, and then I can stop and think. You know, those uh, running shoes belong to my daughter who made the varsity cross-country team uh, and how thrilled she is to be able to run. The little shoes belong to my 10-year-old who was born with a heart problem, who is now a healthy and happy kid. And, you know, the, the, the pink sandals, these croc sandals, belong to my teenage son whose favorite color became pink when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and how he likes pink because it reminds him of of supporting his mom and the support we got during that time. So when we are dealing with people in our home and other places who annoy us, taking a pause to really think about another side of the situation is um, really important and really powerful for rerouting our day. Nicole Phillips is with us. We're talking about her new book, The Negativity Remedy. Uh, Tell us now about being kind to people who hurt you. Yeah, this is pretty tricky um, for so many people because we hold on to people who are hurting us probably a lot longer than we should. Um, I learned about this subject because my mom, um, when I was in third grade, fell in love with a prison inmate. She went back to work um, as a as a teacher in a prison, and she fell in love with one of the inmates. So by the time I was in fourth grade, I was the flower girl in her prison chapel wedding. And, you know, every other week when she had custody of me, we would go to the prison and visit uh, her husband. So that was all kind of cool when I was, you know, 10 years old because I got to do something none of my friends got to do. But as I grew older and into a teenager, I really felt uh, some very hostile feelings toward my mother for basically what I felt like was choosing an inmate over me. And so we had a massive falling out in our relationship. And 
um, it wasn't until I began studying kindness 10 years ago that I realized I needed to find a way to forgive her. And so when I talk with people about being kind to people who hurt you, it really comes through um, this idea of building a bridge of compassion. And we can do that by asking questions of people, uh, not accusatory questions, not saying to my mom, why would you marry a prison inmate? No, why would you leave me for a prison inmate? Instead, the tone of our voice and the content of our heart is more along the lines of, Mom, can you tell me what happened and and how that came to be and why that was a choice you made? You know, and I found out through that that my mom had been abused in a variety of ways from the time she was very little and um, probably married my dad to get away from her own dad. And so when I look at it in the context of that and how this man in prison, you know, slid a note across the table and said, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. That was like a drug to her, and she followed that to a place she never thought it would come to. So building a bridge of compassion with people who hurt you through asking questions um, is really powerful, or we can uh, create stories in, about people. And so we're not going to go to the person who cut us off and then follow them to the gas station and say, hey, what's going on in your day? You know, everything okay? No, we're not going to do that. So instead, we might create a story in our mind that says, you know what, I bet that person was up really, really late last night with a child who was sick and they just weren't thinking, you know, when they cut me off in traffic or maybe they're on their way someplace that they'd rather not be going. Um, You know, it's those sorts of stories that we can ask ourselves and, and create ourselves without ever having to determine whether or not they were real or not. Nicole Phillips is our guest. Her book is called The Negativity Remedy. Uh, Explain topic 10, when kindness can't fix it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a friend who lost a a son to suicide, and, you know, there's no act of kindness that I could do for her to make that go away. So... One of the things that I um, like to share with people is is to look for um, when we are going through that that terrible time to to kind of look at two different things. And one is what's the one silver lining? What's the point of joy in the midst of this pain that I'm experiencing that I can cling to? And maybe that that's good friends who have come to call. Maybe that um, you know even a pet that that can can you can snuggle, you know, just anything. And sometimes, you know, I've been in situations where my one silver lining is simply this. I know someday I will use this experience to help another person. And that is what gives me the strength to carry on and to continue through. Now, another question that we can ask ourselves when we're going through something is who around me needs a bit of kindness in their own circumstances and how can I fill that need? Because there's something very powerful about taking our eyes off of ourselves and putting them onto the needs of other people. And so that really can be healing for us as the giver. Nicole Phillips uh, has written The Negativity Remedy. And Nicole, uh, here's one for you. When good acts of kindness go bad, what are you writing? <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you writing here? Oh, well, that that happens to me, right? You know, you try to do something and somebody rejects your kindness. You end up embarrassed. Um, you know, things, things go wrong. And so 
we um, have to decide whether or not what we're doing is going to make us spiteful. You know, do I need to do a better job of not keeping score? Uh, do I need to back away from this person um, and remember, you know, that I don't have to do this act of kindness. It's something I want to do. And a lot of times this comes up when, when you help somebody and then they come back and they ask for help again and again and again. And we just simply need to set boundaries and say, you know what, um, I can help you with this and I'd love to help you with this, but I'm not going to be able to help you with that. You know, and, you know, I've had people and I, that I've said, you know what, I would love to help you with gas money today, um, but just so we're on the same page and can continue our friendship, I'm not um, comfortable giving money to friends. So um, I won't be able to do that in the future. So then in the future, when they come back, we can say no, and we can say, you know, I know that we've talked about this before. Uh, I want you to fill us in on topic 12. Why kindness even matters? Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, Pat, the reason it matters is because the life we transform with kindness is our own. And so I can say, I want to change the world. And I can say, I want to go out and help people. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter if I change the world, if I haven't changed what's happening in my own household, if I'm not leaving a legacy um, of kindness behind me. And so you know, it matters because the A number one thing about this whole book is to think about what you're thinking about. Get control of your thoughts. Figure out how to reject the ones that don't serve you and replace them with something that is a, a more positive thought so that you can reroute a bad day. Because when you reroute enough bad days, you have rerouted, you know, a bad life. And when we can change that, and, you know, I know for me, my, the whole atmosphere in my home changed when I stopped drinking. And, um, so from there I can work out and, and, and try and make my community a better place, try to make the state a better place, try to make, again, the nation and the world a better place. And so those are lofty goals, but really it starts with what can I do in my own head today to live in a space of kindness. There's an interesting uh, piece at the end of your book. 365 kindness ideas. Uh, what are you um, putting in there? Why is that important? Well, honestly, I don't think it is that important because I have a deep faith. So for me, I feel like, you know, I allow God to kind of say, hey, you know, nudge me and say, hey, this person might need help. This person looks sad. This person, you know, whatever it is. And so I like to do my daily adventure of kindness like that. Um, and wait to see what pops up. But some people don't. And so for people who are like, yeah, I need a little help getting started on things that might be fun acts of kindness, that's why I put 365 acts in there is just, you know, maybe some thoughts. One of my favorite, because this would not work for you in Orlando, but um, <laughs> one of my favorite South Dakota tricks is to leave a Dairy Queen ice cream cake in the middle of winter in someone's driveway. And um, so that's kind of a fun, a fun way to add when the winter blues come to add a little fun and sunshine um, to people's lives. So, but again, I, I guess I wouldn't um, suggest that if you uh, never see snow, right? <laughs> uh, tell me this, <clears throat> Nicole, <clears throat> what do you want people to take? Not only from your book, but from our discussion today, 
I want people to think about what they're thinking about. Set an alarm on their on their phones for Thursday at 3 p.m. that will remind them to stop in that moment and really think about what they're thinking about. Because I think what we'll find is our thoughts are often in the realm of the hurry, worry, or jury. So hurry being, where do I need to be next? What do I need to do? Worry is, what if it happens to me? What if it happens to my family? And jury is this way that we make ourselves, appoint ourselves, the judge and jury over ourselves and everybody else. You know, oh, I'm, I have no self-control or, oh, um, that person's shirt is way too tight. You know, just whatever random thoughts come into our brain. Because we can choose to reject those thoughts and replace them with something that will serve us and serve the world a whole lot better. Nicole, what's the best part about living in Aberdeen, South Dakota? <laughs> Wide open spaces. I am looking out my back window at a huge cornfield, and I can see pheasants go flying up every once in a while. And Yeah, wide open spaces here. What's your weather like? Today it is in the 50s, and it will get up to 70, so that is great. Um, but I will tell you our favorite spot to escape to every year, at least once a year, is Orlando. Oh, we, great. We are big Orlando fans, yep. Well, Nicole, that's absolutely awesome. I'm so glad uh, that we had a chance to visit, and I do want to tell our listeners uh, that we're trying to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando. Uh, we've got an NBA team. We've got a Major League Soccer team, and baseball is our next effort. Uh, we have a website, orlandodreamers.com. Uh, go up there and check it out, orlandodreamers.com. And um, if you've got an interest down the road, if we if this all works out for season tickets, you want to get your name in there and uh, and get registered. And you can do that, orlandodreamers.com. Uh, this is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We gather like this every weekend. Right here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. And we're always so pleased when you join us. Uh, we've got more after this. Stay with us. And uh, we're always uh, very, very pleased when uh, you take the time to listen. Curtis Zachary has authored Finding Soul Rest, 40 Days of Connecting with Christ. And we've arrived, Curtis, at day 19. Uh, you call it Under Control. Uh, tell us about that. Well, I, I think we're starting probably to develop this awareness of a theme that we're trying to submit all of who we are to the governance, the leading, the guidance, and the control of God. And and it sounds like such an interesting word when you think of God, and the word control for many of us in our humanity feels like something we would naturally resist. But uh, it talks about... In, Second uh, Corinthians, how the love of God controls us, it moves us, it guides us. And so when we begin to experience the love of God of our, uh, for ourselves, it shapes and forms the way that we live and lead and love out into the world. So we want to be under the control of the love of God. And now explain to us Plugged In. Plugged In is uh, just like any piece of technology in our lives. If we want there to be energy... Uh, fueling and filling the way that that technology will work. We have to find an outlet. We have to plug into that outlet so that the source of energy will fill and fuel that that thing. And and you think of a cell phone, you think of a computer, 
Um, but it's us as well. We need to be connected and plugged into the source of life. I think the problem is, just like with a piece of technology, if I laid the plug down near an outlet, it's not enough to just be close to where the source of life is. I actually have to connect to the source of life. And I think for many of us, we've adopted a way of thinking that says, if I can just be near Jesus, if I can be around the things of God, that'll be enough. But we really need to connect to who he is so that he can cause us to flourish. And now uh, let's talk about tilling the soil. Yeah, it's uh, a premise that anyone who's worked in a yard that has uh, difficult terrain uh, will understand. Sometimes you need to break through the hard surface to get underneath to see, uh, number one, what's under the surface that's causing a disruption in true growth. But then number two, the hard work of breaking through that hard surface uh, might be something that we resist because we know that it will take time. And I think once we break through to the underneath, we begin to have fertile soil to see growth happen in our lives. And what about the topic learning to lament? Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, places of absence in our contemporized way of practicing church is permission for lament uh, in our services. Uh, lament is an expression or passionate expression of grief or sorrow before God. And when you see lament in the Bible over and over again, there are these examples where somebody is bringing their full self before God. And essentially what they're saying is, unless you show up, God, and resolve this issue, nothing will change and nothing will work. And sometimes that you would see in the Psalms or in the Book of Lamentations, these offerings up to God, and there's no resolution immediately apparent. And I think that that needs to hold true even in our contemporized lives, is sometimes when things are hard, when we're suffering, when we're walking through difficult seasons, we need the permission to lament, to just say, God, this is where I am, and this is how I feel, and I need you to enter into this. And not try to fool ourselves or try to convince ourselves that uh, we're beyond it. We need to just allow God to do his healing work in us. Curtis Zachary is the author of Finding Soul Rest. He's our guest. Uh, Curtis, uh, topic 23, letting God take care of you. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes we have the aspiration or the idea for God to be God in our lives, but at the same time, we take things into our own hands when it comes to medicating or feeling better in our own situations, but we need to truly not only submit to God in a way of believing that He's over everything, but we also need to give Him the, the permission, and, the, and we need to be willing to allow Him to nurture and to fuel and to fill our lives by His understanding, not our understanding. And now I want you to talk about one another. What's that mean? Yeah, we all need community. We're not built to sustain this life on our own, on our own, and and we need one another uh, to be able to do that well and to do that in a picture of flourishing. And so, I think it's important for us to identify around us the the people who we would say uh, we are called to be a one another too. There are so many verses in the Bible that refer to one another type of ideas, that we need to love one another, serve one another, forgive one another. And number one, we need to figure out who's our one another, and two, how can we be practicing these types of principles? And what does this mean, 
where are you planted? Question mark. Yeah, uh, I've seen at different times there uh, be a lack of health and flourishing for a plant, not because there was something wrong with the plant, but because of where the plant was planted. And if we are not planted or if a plant is not planted in the proper place, uh, it will not grow as intended. And sometimes it's as easy as shifting the plant to the place where it is more uh, readily structured to be able to flourish. And that's true with us as people as well. Sometimes um, we're not flourishing in our lives and we're not finding rest where we are because we're in a situation that we're planted in the wrong place. And so it takes for us to go before God and ask Him by His Spirit to lead and guide us to where we need to be. Curtis, tell us about Day 26, A Hidden Life with God. Yeah, one of the biggest things that I've had to learn is unless we have a hidden life with God, our public life is not going to bear fruit. And I think sometimes we try to skip to productivity and showing the world and other people how spiritual we are and, and even wanting to prove to God how much we love Him and what we can do for His kingdom. But behind closed doors or in places where people would never know about it, um, we don't have our own secret relationship with Him that we're being nourished by. So it's just kind of pushing us to a place where we understand that that's uh, potential, but then also how important it is for us to have that hidden life with God. Curtis, I want you to explain uh, day 28. You call it your people. Yeah, uh, kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, we are built for community, and the rhythm of community becomes vital for our flourishing as people in the way of Jesus. And your community is the type of people who are encouraging and nurturing for your life, but they're also given the permission to speak truth into your life and to tell you sometimes hard things. And uh, that produces rest in our lives because when we have community, we know that we're not walking this journey alone and we have what it takes for us to be able to sustainably and healthily live together in the way of Jesus. What does lightning and thunder mean on day 29? Yeah, lightning and thunder uh, are obvious to everyone in regard to how uh, they're a part of our lives here on earth and lightning breaks into our atmosphere and thunder is the result of lightning breaking into our atmosphere. And I use that imagery to kind of point to what it means to know who Jesus is in our lives. And he is essentially breaking into our story, into our atmosphere like lightning. And then thunder that results as a result of his breaking in is the expression of the love and the grace and the kindness that comes from him. So I talk a little bit about how we can Number one, identify where he's breaking in, and two, what are the results of that in our lives, and what does that look like around? Well, Curtis, <clears throat> we covered 29 days, didn't get to all 40 of them, but I think people have a really nice sense of your book, and I'm so glad. I hope so. So glad you could visit with us. Thanks so much. Oh, it's awesome. Thank you. Curtis Zachary, author of Finding Soul Rest, our guest. We've got a wrap-up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Just stay tuned all day long, and your life will be better for it. We'll be right back. 